I don't know about you guys, but it was so good to have friends back in the office. So we'd like to introduce to you all Jay and Maureen Hartford. Welcome back to the wine down everyone. We know it's a fan favorite and today um, we are having a glass of wine with uh, some friends of peace of mind wealth management. They are currently retired well into retirement and what, what the whole concept today is to get some advice for them for our younger listeners to hear what they did through retirement what worked really well for them uh, and just to hear their story so it's a fantastic episode. Yeah, I absolutely love this uh, interview because it gives us a lot of different perspectives. What I did right, maybe what I could do better. I love to, to also that they tell us what they're doing in retirement to make it fulfilling. I think it's just a fantastic interview. You're going to want to listen to the entire show. Uh, by the way, if you've not had a chance, visit our website, pomwealth.net. Visit the blog page. Every week we have a new blog. Also on that page at the top right-hand corner, you can schedule a 15-minute complimentary phone conversation with Mercer and myself. We would love to be able to talk to you. But before we get into the show, we have to do a quick disclosure. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the wind down. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stancil and Merce Tariq. Welcome everyone to our podcast. Today is our wind down, which we are always excited about the wind down. Um, but today we have special guests. We don't normally get to have people in uh, with us on the podcast. And so we're either doing it through Zoom or whatever, but today we actually have them live here with us in our, our little podcast studio setup. But we have with us uh, Jay and Maureen Hartford. So guys, thank you so much for coming in and talking with us today. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Yeah. Good. Nice well, to be here. Well, thank you. Before we get into like this conversation we're going to have around retirement, we got to handle the important stuff. And that's what wine we're drinking. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Morgan, could you let us know about the wine? Sure. This is Kerner, which is a white, white grape variety. It's known mostly in Germany, but also it's popular in Italy. Um, and it's similar to a Riesling, cyan acid like a Riesling, but I haven't even had a chance to sip it yet. Good. Nice. Maureen, what would you say your initial thought is on the wine? Have you had a glass yet, or a sip yet? Not a glass yeah. yet. <laughs> it's, it's crisper than most Rieslings. I like it. Yeah. I'll have to try it. So let me kind of give a little bit of a setup here as to why we uh, reached out to Maureen and Jay about coming in. Is, uh, you know, Merce and I, uh, in our practice, we work with individuals that are within 10 years of retirement and all the way through retirement. So we talk about all these things that you gotta do to get ready for retirement. And then there's lots of things you gotta do throughout to have a good successful retirement. But the real important stuff is that stuff you do probably within that 10 year range of retirement. And so uh, we were having a conversation one day with Jay in particular, and he said, you know, I've, I'm way down the road in retirement. <laughs> and so we said, wait a minute, that'd be a great episode <laughs> 
is we can talk to somebody who's been retired for some time and maybe get a little bit of their insights. So let me ask you this. What year did you retire, Jay? I retired in 1999 when we moved down here from Michigan. So 1999. So when we're <laughs> recording this, that's like almost 22 years. Yeah. of retirement. Oh, that's yeah. great. And then Maureen, when did you retire? I retired in 2011. So you're sitting on 10 years 10 of years. retirement. So let, can we kind of go back in time a little bit, if you don't mind, and kind of give us what you went through, maybe some of the steps that you started thinking about before you actually made that commitment to say, I'm going to retire. And some of the thought processes that you went to through and maybe as you think back on that and share that story with us, maybe anything that you could share of, of mistakes or positives or whatever it might be. I think the, the, the first thing uh, that we started thinking about uh, was uh, where are you going to live? You know, where, where do you think you want to move to when you retire? And that seems to occupy a lot of people's minds uh, in, in addition to the other things that they ought to be doing. But we were looking at uh, Hilton Head. Maureen turned 50 and we went to Hilton Head for her birthday and we fell in love with the place. And so we thought, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to, we're going to move to a nice warm climate. Uh, it's a beautiful place. Uh, we got all wrapped up in it. Uh, we uh, joined, a, joined a country club. We bought a boat. We were <laughs> going to live the high life. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, bought a, we bought a condo. Uh, we later traded that condo in on, I don't know exactly how this worked, but we got the attorneys together and we traded it in on a nice house right there on Braddock Cove, which is right near a place that a lot of people have heard of, the Salty Dog. You see those yeah. t-shirts? Oh, I've got the t-shirt. Yeah, do you have the t-shirt? Yeah. It definitely doesn't fit anymore, but I have the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, so that's what we decided. And so we we lived there for for uh, about almost 10 years, not lived there, but vacationed there. And uh, it's at that time that uh, we ran into trouble. Okay, after we had decided that was where we're gonna live, we began to realize the 2008 crisis hit. Uh, this isn't gonna work out as well. Prices have gone crazy on homes. They've dropped precipitously. Uh, all kinds of things. Uh, the, uh, the flood insurance was going skyrocketing. And so that was going to impact uh, our finances. And Jay um, worried about hurricanes. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't, I didn't like the idea of hurricanes visiting us. Uh, so anyway, a lesson for people is you better be prepared to change your plans. You better be agile and you better uh, think about things carefully as you go along, because you're probably going to want to adjust. And things uh, that sound wonderful when you're working, you know, very laid back environment, not much happening, go to the beach, don't have the same appeal when you don't have to go to work. I mean, it's like people still say to me, well, what are you going to do for the weekend? I'm like, uh, the weekend isn't really much different than the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. And that mentality, we actually lived down there for four months and it was like, going to do today yeah, <laughs> there was yeah. no life of the mind there if you know what i mean there yeah. there wasn't nc state and carolina and duke doing programs and we watched it the traffic grow substantially the place changed over time traffic was awful i mean at five five to eight in the morning 
all the people that were taking care of the homes, either construction or the maintenance type people, or uh, or the restaurant people workers. restaurant workers. Those people were in a giant traffic jam in the morning <laughs> trying to get on the island, and a giant traffic jam at night trying to get off the island, and. Uh, the whole place just sort of changed. And we said, you know, this isn't going to work. And we started to pay more attention in healthcare too. Healthcare is a big issue for retirees. So anyway, that's. Yeah. So I, I think this is great because Rain and I, we talk all the time about, you know, when we're talking about these retirement financial plans and how we build these out, we, we never say that they're set in stone. Yeah. And we oftentimes say that, Hey, when you do retire, it's going to take a few years before you actually feel like you're comfortable in retirement, whether that's figuring out your expenses or figuring out where you want to be um, or figuring out what you want to do, that takes quite a bit of time. Um, so, so how did you decide then um, to, I guess, stay in Raleigh or was it you were moving down to Raleigh or you were already in Raleigh at this point? We were already, we were already in Raleigh. Yeah. Um, so other than the fact that I would say it's one of the best cities in the country <laughs> and even more so now, uh, than back then, what 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 was the drawing factor rather than looking at you know a, maybe the West Coast or something like that? I think there were two biggies, and that's one is healthcare. This area has uh, probably some of the best healthcare in the nation. I mean, with three different hospitals competing with each other, you know, Duke, UNC, and uh, it's it's uh, it's a big huge issue, and uh, it's great here for healthcare. Um, and then there's also uh, the people and the, uh, what's the word, the uh, 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 well, social environment. Social, but also the entertainment. Mm -hmm. It's it's more than just entertainment. I mean, it's got uh, the Museum of Art. It's mm -hmm. got culture. It's uh, a lot of really, really smart people here that have decided to stay here and that's a big difference. That's a huge difference. I think the life of the mind, as I mentioned before, you can't underestimate that in, in retirement. I mean, keeping you intellectually engaged is important. And you have to find ways to make that happen. Yeah, you know, we were talking just briefly before we started this discussion, and I think something that we talk about a lot with folks is, you know, sometimes people go into this idea of I'm going to retire but then they retire and they go, well, now what am I going to do? You kind of mentioned that earlier. Like, I, well, yeah. I don't really have the things to do that I was doing before when I was working. So now life is different. I know with you two that you did decide after retirement to do a consulting type business, I guess. We and did. and you yeah. went down. So could you tell us kind of how that, like maybe the why and, and maybe even a pros and cons of that if you if there are any? We had, we had a colleague. In fact, he was on my board and he was doing... Um, presidential searches for colleges. And he first asked Jay to join him. And then when I retired, he asked me to join him. So the three of us formed a small company. And um, he was getting tired of traveling. So we did more of the traveling. And we did it for about six years. And it was, it was fun. It kept us connected with people. Um, we could do a lot of the work from our home office and uh, travel to meet boards. It was, it was fun. Um, and then the boards got really political and it became less yeah, fun. <laughs> it became less fun. We closed it down in 2017. Yeah. 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 It, it became much less fun. 
And so we uh, decided to, to get out of it. And we didn't really, it, it wasn't for the money. It was sort of for the um, staying connected to colleagues. Yeah. And, the like travel. and the travel. Was Visited some really interesting places. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, it was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. We, we do see that all the time. Um, someone could work, you know, for a company for years and years and years, and then they build up this group of connections that they've gotten, whether they were in a situation where they got laid off or whether they just decided I'm going to retire early. Um, and then they retire and they're like, well, I don't like retirement. I'm going to go back and use my skill set, but they do a consulting job rather than trying to go find another W2 type of job. And oftentimes it works out that they end up making a little bit more than they were, or they have a way more flexible schedule than they did. And uh, they're ultimately a little bit happier. And then, like you guys said, you, you kind of call the shots. Hey, this has run its course and now we're going to shut it down. And now we're going to hit that next phase of retirement. So what's the next phase of retirement look like for you guys since you've shut it down and you're not so involved in, in uh, the, um, the consulting work that you did. I know, I know we talked to you guys a couple months, maybe a month ago about a, a massive trip that you guys took and we don't need yeah. to get down into the, to the details about it, but you know, yeah. what, what's going on since you shut down the company. We, we do travel. Yeah, and, we do like to travel. And somebody will frequently say, oh, I'm not interested. But if I put the details together, he gets interested. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've done a yeah. lot of cruises. We're now focusing on hiking in the um, national parks and, and even the state parks. We just spent a day up at Hanging Rock State Park, which is interesting because it's very vertical. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's yeah, not a flat yeah. hike. And it adds to the benefit. It keeps us more in shape so that we're able to enjoy things like that. Um, we combined a trip uh, to go to Seattle also to see a granddaughter graduate and decided to uh, stay there for five days, but then to go to uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming and visit that place. And it's gorgeous and fun. And then we went to... Uh, we did the state parks, the, T uh, the national, the Tetons and the... Um, Yellowstone. Yellowstone had six inches of snow mm -hmm. at Yellowstone in May. So we got oh, to wow. see the. Yeah. It's hard to, by the way, take a cardboard box and and scrape snow <laughs> off your car. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, and then we uh, we drove out of the park and we drove fifteen hundred miles to uh, uh, to uh, South Dakota, yeah. and Rapid really City. had fun there, Rapid City, and we spent uh, quite a bit of time there and then flew home and that was a great trip that was a lot of fun our next trip is a cruise so oh fantastic we're trying we, we think oh good <laughs> we think yeah so i got a question for you that you know and this is not uncommon by the way because of who we work with to see this i would say very often but based on what you said is that you retired uh jay um i guess that was about 12 years prior to maureen so could you tell us a little bit about how that dynamic is? You know, one retires, the other one's not retired. They're still working. Uh, maybe how that was and maybe some, maybe some advice for our listeners that might be going down that path. Well, it, the, the big, one of the big reasons I had several bouts with cancer, so I was ready to retire. I just said, yeah, when we left Michigan, I said, I'm going to retire. Uh, but 
the other thing, the circumstances were really interesting because I became the first gentleman at Meredith State College. Meredith. And I used to interact <laughs> with the board and I would spend time with the business people and, and, uh, and then there was a lot of entertaining. And then, of course, there was a lot of golf to play. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> you poor thing. We actually had a ball. We lived in that great big house. We didn't have to do anything. The maintenance was all taken care of. Uh, it, uh, Maureen enjoyed the job. Yeah. I did. And it, uh, so the circumstances are kind of different. And I was very active. Uh, so it, uh, it, it worked out really well. We probably had fewer arguments then than we did. <laughs> we do now. The hardest thing, we share an office. We have a partner desk. And there are times when I want a wall that I can just close. <laughs> and it was yeah. awful when we were when we were consulting. It's like he would be, can you do this? Can you? I'm like, not your secretary. I'm your partner. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was a trial. I'm still the tech support yeah. in the house, which is yeah. a problem. Oh wow. <laughs> I think another thing um, for people to think about as they're preparing is what are your social networks that will continue once you stop working? Because so many of us are so vested in our work that we don't have contacts outside of work. And when you retire and everybody else that you interact with is still working, the dynamics change. Right. So what do you put together? I mean, and it's not something that can happen by accident. You have to work on um, developing relationships and, um, and people that you connect with. So I'm, I got very involved in uh, working at Rex Hospital as a volunteer. And my dog and I are a therapy team at Rex. And um, that's been a really good experience for me. And Jay volunteered there too. So. Yeah, I was an escort for about six years. And uh, that was enjoyable. You meet a lot of people, you take them to different places in the hospital. You get lost wandering <laughs> around. You know, it was, it was, it was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And um, uh, I, I'm in two book clubs, a card group, a golf group, and, and do the work at the hospital. So I, I stay pretty busy. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. Well, I think that's great. And um, so that was a, a great piece of advice. And so for, for, our, for our average listener, they're kind of in that, that zone of either they're right at retirement or they're getting close to retirement. So you guys have done a fantastic job. And, and you, like Jay said a long time ago, you, you're well into it and you've you know, more than, more than not, you figured it out and you're enjoying it to a great degree. So if you were to say, look back in your early fifties, mid fifties, your sixties, is there anything, is there any advice that you've got out there for um, someone that is approaching that age or, or approaching that decision as things to think about or things that you guys wish you may have done differently, anything out there um, that you could provide for us? 
I, I think one thing is uh, we prepared some estate plans and we did it uh, because we were uh, working with a bank, for instance, and I didn't think they did a very good job. And I even think our personal attorney did one for us. And that really didn't cover the bases as it should have. And so it wasn't until we worked with you guys that we, uh, you, you had somebody that you recommended and they do a whale of a good job. And so I would get somebody uh, that's definitely an estate attorney to address your problems. And I would do that sooner than we did. Uh, that's something you probably want to start and start thinking about pretty quickly. Uh, that's really important. And the healthcare part of it is really important. And there's one element of that healthcare problem that uh, is overlooked. And that's, uh, it, that's the, a thing called most. And it's a medical orders for scope of treatment after you hit an emergency room. And uh, we learned that you need to have that with your physician and you need to have it on your chest when you get in the ambulance so that people know what it is you want, you know, do not resuscitate or do you want to be resuscitated? Do you, what, what is intimate. it you want? What is it you don't want? And you clearly have that readily available when you have to go to the hospital. Uh, if you can't speak, you don't want to get in. And if you, even if you can speak, you don't want to get in an ethical argument with a physician who wants to keep people alive versus what you may want. And you know, that's, that's very important. interesting. Yeah. You, you know why? Because I just took my mom to the hospital. She, she had a scenario. She, my mom's 83. Yeah. And I took her to the hospital and I'd never had and I thought, So it was, what's funny is my mom, I, I support and work with her quite a bit, but anyway, we go in and the doctor, my mom was not in any kind of bad condition right. that way. She just had had some, a couple of scenarios, but so it was not a bad ordeal that we were there. It was just something we need to have checked out. And the doctor says, um, Mrs. Stancil, if something happens, do you, and, and we need to, do you want us to resuscitate you? <laughs> and I had never heard that question. My mom looked at me and she goes, well, Raiden, what do you think? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not answering this question. I'm like, you know, I'm like, right. what am I supposed to say? Mom? Yeah. Don't resuscitate her. You know, whatever you do, <laughs> That's just let exactly her, right. just let her yeah. go. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, no, I said, mom, I said, I said, I think, yes. I said, unless, unless there's something here bigger, let's go ahead and resuscitate her. And my mom was like, thank you. I love you too. Raiden. <laughs> yeah. People don't realize though, that usually that estate plan and that healthcare document is somewhere in your trunk or someplace <laughs> So that when you hit the hospital, that you, that's not accessible. And the doctors win the argument, generally, if you're not careful. Uh, anyway. The other thing I would say is um, it's in your 50s and 60s that you should be buying long-term health insurance. and um, Or earlier. Or earlier. Yeah. Um, it, it's astonishing how much um, care costs. Uh, my mother was in a, a care home. She did not have long-term health care insurance, and it was ten thousand a month. Mm. Um, you yeah. think of even if people have a fair amount put aside, if you were in for years, how long that would last? So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's an important decision to make, and people are living longer. You you really need to think about it's 
if you get it young enough, it's not that expensive. So we were just having a conversation with a client about how, like housing in all essence, right. um, uh, this person was looking at what's called a CCRC, a continuous mm -hmm. care retirement community. Uh, we had a conversation with some folks that do retirement planning from a, like a living perspective, not financial, like what we right. do. And they said the number one thing is that, that they find that people need to really talk about, decide what they want to do is housing. Yeah. What are you going to do? So now that you're into retirement for some years, what has been your conversation around, I guess, housing and where you're going to live and what's your thoughts on that? One of the first traps you get into is answering the question, well, where do you want to die? Do you want to die in your home or do you want to die in some healthcare facility? I've got a fear of being in a nursing home. You know, that scares the daylights out of me. So I'd be the first one to say, don't resuscitate. You know, I think, I think, you know, a good way to go would be a heart attack <laughs> rather than a nursing home. Uh, and now I forget the question you asked. <laughs> Where you would live. Yeah, just yeah. have we, you talked about like, you know, for when I when I talk about housing, you know, what I'm saying is like some people say, I don't want to be in a two-story home anymore. I want right. to be in a, a, a ranch or yeah. I want to have this type of, I want, I want low maintenance. I want to make sure that we don't have to have the yard care or whatever those things might be. I'm curious as you've built throughout this retirement, like have what's been your conversation around housing? We've talked a lot. In fact, when my mother passed away, we we talked about when she started downhill was when she fell down steps and we looked at each other and we had a massive flight of steps and we had big high ceilings and just a giant dramatic stairway. And we went, looked at it, went, yeah, that's not going to work. Not gonna <laughs> work yeah. So we um, uh, just two years ago, we moved into a brand new ranch, everything on one level. And um, that was a good decision. And the homeowners association takes care of the yard and the shrubs. So it's not quite totally maintenance free, but it's much closer than we were before. Yeah. And yeah. our next step is we're looking at a CCRC also. Yeah. Um, for me, it, it feels like a big commitment because I'm 73 and my mother lived to be 93. My grandmother lived to be 99. I could be talking about 25 years somewhere. So that's a, a bigger commit that most people think about when they're moving into one house. So I had both of my parents die of heart attacks. My dad at 57, my mother at 78. So uh, I don't share that same, <laughs> that same view. It's uh, yeah. I feel like I'm ready to go out the door at any moment. <laughs> Well, you know, they, they, because of the day that we live in and, and the medical care that we have and the technology that we have that we didn't have back when your parents passed, you know, they say, don't, 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 don't you can't yeah. really base it off yeah. of your yeah, parents right. anymore. And you've already, you're key to that. You, you're way past uh, right. their age. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. you know, you, these are things that we have to plan for. And sometimes they're not fun conversations. Sometimes they're, you know, they can, they can put a little bit of strain between us because one wants one thing and the other wants the other thing. But the client we just talked to said, yeah, we had that same issue. One wanted to go into the CCRC. The other said, I just don't want to be in it at all because it has a stigma of eventually we're going to be in assisted living. Right. And, and, but eventually they kind of worked through it and said, okay, well now they eventually said, yes, this makes sense. And then that, that conversation was covered and now it's like, okay, well now what do we do? Where do we go? Yes. And, and so it, I think the, the, the moral is you, you take things one 
one step at a time. And things change. And things change, yeah, and things change. all the time. So. Yeah. I think yeah. I think one of the things I would say to people getting getting closer to retirement is, you know, what are your goals for retirement? I mean, some people think they might want to run a book or um, start a totally new career or um, climb all the major mountains in North America. But it helps if you sort of write that down and begin to plan for it. We didn't have that ambitious a goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our goals were pretty simple. We wanted to enjoy retirement with financial security. We wanted to travel and be active. And we wanted to make sure that as we got older, we weren't a burden to our kids. Mm -hmm. That's the commitment we made to them is you're not going to have to worry about us financially as we get older. It's it, the, one of the tough parts of this is uh, actually having a really good conversation with the kids. I um, mean, that's really hard for some people. They don't want to talk about this and the kids don't want to talk about it. And uh, it's a really important piece of it. You've got to level with them. You've got to be honest and you've got to talk about it. And that's missed by a lot of people. And There's some good books about that, by the way, I've got one right here that I've got a friend that's dying of cancer. And so this is a book about uh, the great beyond and how you plan for it. So I picked up the book so I could have a conversation with him. And it's, uh, it's really good, particularly about the emotional part. Of it. And so later, that's something. You know, What's the title of the book? It's, uh, this is one of many, by the way, that are out there. But this is Jane Brody's Guide to the Great Beyond. And it's not only uh, a practical primer on uh, preparing medically and legally, but it's also emotionally, you know, how you get the family together and actually have a discussion about Starting that. Starting those conversations that nobody really wants to have. Yeah, they, yeah. Don't, want it. they don't want to talk <laughs> about it. Yeah. And I think, too, that um, for us, <clears throat> finding, finding you all was a great boon to us. It was. Because Jay was tearing his hair out. He used to have a lot more hair <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. doing the investments himself. And um, I mean, he would wake up in the middle of the night and be worried about, and we were investing in individual stocks. Some we knew, some we didn't. Um, being able to pass that on to you and say, you're going to take care of it. And we don't have to worry about it as intensely anymore. That, that makes yeah. for a calmer retirement. I did have a couple of good ones. One was uh, being an angel investor in a thing called Bluegill when we were in Michigan. And Bluegill turned in to be sold to check free and is the basis for a lot of the online checking that you're able to do and so on. So that was, that was a goodie. We just wish we'd put more money into it. Yeah. We got about, I think we invested 25000 and 18 months later when they when they sold, we got about four hundred thousand. Wow! wow. <laughs> so it's we like, have a, we that had was a our boat. big mistake. We should have put a hundred thousand. <laughs> we had a boat named Bluegill. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I just want you to know that you know I, we feel that this is extremely valuable just to talk about these things because a lot of times people, you know, they they don't they're scared. I mean, people are are worried about these things, and you guys were able to share with us just your story. I mean, it's, it's not like a, a scenario that uh, uh, we get to hear a lot. So thank you so very much for coming on and talking yeah, to us. It's our for pleasure. Taking care yeah. of our resources. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 
All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.